bullshit, it's all just um gay politics. America's gotten kind of whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that, cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A A A A S. This shit is Trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Dumb Gay Pandemic Politics. I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast where we talk about the weekend coronavirus politics. Like we're talking about reality TV. And girl, God damn. the reality show <laughs> is good. In an exciting turn of events, the fucking protest marches did not die down. No. They're still happening. Yep. They're still killing it. Yep. 60,000 people marched in Seattle. Wow. 60,000. Wow. They really... All vegan. Exactly. All vegan. (laughs) All hipsters. All vegan. All beards. All hats. I mean, as much (laughs) shit as I give Seattle for Amazon, they really redeem themselves with that march. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, Paris, the Paris march was absolutely astounding. The, The... Probably photoshopped photos and video. (laughs) Um, So even though this should have happened a long time ago, the fact that it's finally happening now, like really happening, Mm -hmm. is so goddamn exciting, right? It's very exciting. I mean, and and it's funny because I had said like a week ago, like, all right, let's get like to a thing. Let's get to some some answers. Let's. But like, I am into the constant stream of protesting. (laughs) It's so good. Because it's so good. And it's actually what is getting like people to do shit so it's great i love it it we're finally having it's like the looting is over so now i can like get into it yeah you know what i mean yeah exactly i guess is what and it's so great i feel like the only other time i felt like this was when obama got elected Mm. like the like the real feeling of like the power shifting right that feeling makes me giddy yeah like i get So like, oh, my God, it's happening. It's happening. Yeah, like the police chief got fired. The (laughs) other police chief quit. This one. Oh, things are going down. Yeah. Just this. I feel the power shifting. Like, we're not going to fucking take it anymore. Right. The powerless are getting power. Right. To see it. I thought the only time we'd see it in our lifetime was Obama. I truly did. And even at that time, I was like. I can't believe we're seeing this in our lifetime. I'm so happy. <laughs> and now it's happening again. And it just gives me, it's an uh, indescribable feeling. And I don't ever want it to stop. Oh, it's been so fucking cool. Yeah, it's been really cool. And it's been great to see who is emerging. Um, the, the, like the leaders of the, of the movements, so to speak, who's emerging as those leaders and who's coming forward and, we have one of them on the podcast today. But like, <laughs> you know, people are emerging because they're they're feeling like feeling like that, too. And it's so it's like if you're a person who's like out protesting and you're doing some shit and then it's just like, God, ugh, now I'm inspired to like 
do this and lead this. And it's great. It's so it's great. great. It's great. Well, Todd Stewart. Mm-hmm. Not now, Todd. And he did refer to himself as that. <laughs> Love you, Todd. He sent us his picture for our drug den bulletin board. He sure did. So Todd said, Dear Julian Brandy, love you two so much. Here's a pic of me and hubby on my birthday a few weeks ago. We'd love our pic to make the side extension. Please keep up the great and necessary work, ladies. XOXO. Your pal, not now, Todd Stewart. That's nice. Um, Thank you for saying that, Todd. Mm -hmm. Now, I know Todd subscribes to both of our Patreon podcasts, um, which can only be described as unnecessary work <laughs> meow meow very unnecessary uh. for example on this week's one dollar episode we had an eating competition where julie and i each ate an entire box of cocoa pebbles in 20 minutes uh we want to let you know in case you're wondering or worried it has taken a week to recover from eating a box of cereal in 20 minutes <laughs> i don't think i still i stretch my stomach out beyond recognition uh, I'm definitely at a point of no return and I now have to get a stomach stapling and figure out a way to close the um, avalanche that I've created of eating. Of going down your throat. Yes. Yeah. 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 We it it what I thought was that it would um, put us off cereal. No. But what it did was no. put us on overeating all food. <laughs> Oh, so and now we I don't look recommend at, it. I've I'm hovering around like a vulture around the cereal boxes because <laughs> the cereal boxes are all in the garage, like in a in boxes. And I'll go in there and be like, I'm doing my laundry. Yeah, I mean, oh, we got, we got a package from Carrie Transu. Oh, Transu. We got a yes. <laughs> we got a <laughs> so yeah. carrie you never gave us your fucking picture for the drug down bulletin board however we know carrie we met her at our live podcast in new orleans which mm. is our favorite city even though no one asked and no one cares <laughs> carrie came to the live podcast we also know Carrie Transu <laughs> from Transu. from the Patreon. Yeah. An interesting thing about Carrie is that I thought that Carrie, and I'm pretty sure she lived in Kentucky. Oh. And I think now Carrie might have moved to Indiana. Mm. Now, Care, now is really not the time for you to move to Indiana. <laughs> we need votes in Kentucky. You mm-hmm. have let down the podcast. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask that you fraud your vote. I'm sure you still have some. I'm sure you'll get a fucking packet at your old address. Mm. Cruise on by. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you will just knock, knock, knock. Did you guys get my voter, my mail mail in voter ballot? Cool. Can I grab that? If you didn't have a mail in voter ballot, I'm gonna ask you drive into Kentucky, roll on up mm-hmm. to yeah, any of the, the precincts or whatever. Yeah, because going down to Louisville, Lexington, they're whatever. letting you do it with a credit card. Oh. They'll let you do it with a license, and maybe you haven't gotten your license changed yet. Care? I literally read on the internet that in Kentucky they will let you vote if somebody at the voting um, precinct knows you. Knows you. Wow. Swear on a stack of well, bottles. Okay. All right. So care. Get that voter fraud on. <laughs> Get the voter fraud on. We are going into Kentucky. We need votes in Kentucky. We need them right now. Yep. 
early voting is happening yes. for the primaries. Right. You're going there. You're voting for Charles Booker. Don't ask any questions. Care. <laughs> get in your car. I'm going to put on a trench on a trench <laughs> trench coat and I'm going to go. So Carrie uh, sent us this uh, note to say that dumb gay politics has been a friend in my ear for the past couple of years is a vast understatement. You have unknowingly been with me through a deep depression, separation, divorce, and now as I'm clawing out on the other side, I realize more and more and more how much I've come to depend on you every week. I have thought and intended to send you things a million times and would always procrastinate like an asshole, but I'm finally getting around to getting these things in the mail to you. I am the marketing director for a wholesale company and we mine and import a lot of crystals and rocks. You can imagine the glee when I received the list of new materials that were coming in and found lodestone. It's naturally a magnetic stone that is believed to be a grounding stone. It also gives protection from the evil eye, negative spirits and ill wishes. It can also serve to draw things into your life like a magnet. What made me giggle like a schoolgirl with a secret was thinking about how important loads are to DGP. And for those of you who are new here you got to go back and listen uh, you got to uh, go back I mean, and listen let's not even get into the loads engineer we got his picture right <laughs> up there with k I mean, if there's five words to describe our podcast loads is one of that's them that's right the t-shirts were designed for pride month by my new beau <laughs> and i had to get you each one i guessed on the sizes if you need a different size please let me know he was inspired thinking about the resilience and strength of the lgbtq community I wanted to design something that represented love and peace. His website is www.ourvirtualholiday.com. Ourvirtualholiday.com. If you see anything at all that you would like, I've got an inside source and get whatever you want. Thank you for being our friend from a distance. Gary John Okay. Now, another Carrie Meow Meow sent us a freaking package. Yes. Now, it's we have, if only we'd gotten a package from Carrie Pope, <laughs> all like it would be like the, our top carries. Uh, so Carrie Nataro sent us a package and we love Carrie. We have her pick on the drug down bulletin board yep. with her dude, Justin, who, according to her note, they are now officially married. Mm. I don't think they were married when she sent her picture. And we, she, her dog, Regis, is in the pick, too. <laughs> Care, lest you think we don't have it labeled, we do. It's you, Justin, and Regis. Yep. Regis has a fucking bandana pre-pandemic. He was already, oh, right. he oh, already yeah. knew. Already knew. Yep. And, he, and yep. you guys are on a road trip somewhere, yep. just living your life. Yep. Yep. Well, here's the note that she sent. Brandy and Meow Meow, longtime listener, second time gift giver, <laughs> $2 Patreon <laughs> member. You guys are... One of the only things getting me through this this hellscape of a moment in history. Thank you so much. Never stop the Patreon. We love you. So that's obviously so nice. So she sent beers from her husband, Justin's Brewery in Ohio, which we will clearly be visiting. Okay. Yes. We've got full podcast family in Ohio. Julie Lang and Ashley Ryder are just like off the top of my head. Now I got Justin and Carrie. He has a brewery, which we think is called Rheingeist. Mm Mm-hmm. The beer is Rheingeist Cloud Harvest O2 Unfiltered Juicy IPA. <laughs> and they were in koozies. I feel like having one right now. Yeah. Why does Juicy IPA? It's great marketing, Justin. Great marketing. Great marketing. The design is great. It's like a it's like a skull and an alien. I love it. Now, she's the original gift giver of the of the Jacques and I. Oh. Jacques and I. It's Jacques, Jacques, and I. Jacques and Countess Luanne de Lesseps mm, mm, mm. rocks glasses. Now, the cover of the box mm. 
had a picture of the guy from Star Trek with the banana clip. What's yes. the guy's name with the banana clip, man? Jordy. Okay. And then on the other side is a picture of chicken piccata. Okay. <laughs> it's so fucking the nuance. Okay. Yep. The nuance. Yep. If you don't listen to, you know, the Patreons, this is all meta Patreon jokes, right. guys. But, right. you know, Phyllis and the chicken piccata. Uh, it's so and just, good. It's so good. Also, Captain Picard. I mean, there's so many. The banana clip guy is the dude from Star Trek. Yes. I fucking saw him at the Gelson's. Uh-huh. She sent a bag of <laughs> banana clips that you with strings on them that we can put on our heads. And already did it. We've already both done already it. Already did it. Yeah. Julie's continued to do it. <laughs> She's continued to put on the banana clip on her eyes. Then there was another present, which she wrapped in a picture of Jojo Siwa <laughs> standing next to Abby Lee Miller in her wheelchair, which is, if you listen to the Patreon, our Halloween costume that Julie won't let go. It's called looking for a wheelchair and I'm going <laughs> to find one and we're going to go out. I don't care. I don't even care. I, we don't even have anywhere need to go. We don't have nowhere need no, to Johnny go. Johnny McGovern, we're coming for you. <laughs> and that's exactly we're, where we're going. We're going and we're just going to walk down Santa Monica. I'm going to be dressed like Jojo Siwa. You're going to be in the wheelchair as Abby Lee Miller and we're going to do it. And I'm going to be like, hey guys, I'm out. Hey everyone, I'm a dyke now. <laughs> On that gift, she sent us masks, Corona masks, and they are clearly made of like a cotton linen, yes. like a natural right. blend, could even be a hemp. I will not fucks with a mask that is not 100% natural fibers, okay? <laughs> if you guys are wearing, and mom, I'm talking to you, if you're wearing a mask that's not 100% cotton, you need to rethink that because <laughs> and go back to the bandana because you're it's so bad for you. Oh, it makes your skin break out. It makes you break out. Yep. It's terrible to breathe that in. Yep. It's synthetic, chemically dyed fiber. You don't want to fucks with it. I'm telling you now. My mask, which I'm assuming is mine that she made for me, is a simple tie dye. She probably knew um, mama ain't going out in some fucking <laughs> tragedy <laughs> shit. Now for you. Yours has space lips on it. Do you mm-hmm. know why, Mia Mia? Because you're Marcella. <laughs> and then it says... Marcella the alien. That is me. Hello. I am Marcella. I came down from my planet. And I'm here to help with coronavirus. And your planet is space lips. Space lips. And, right. <laughs> and uh, yours mm-hmm. says Marcella. Because that's my name. Yeah. So... This is the kind of bullshit you can hear on the Patreon if you guys are interested. And I'm quite motherfucking sure you're not. But thank you, Carrie. I need to go get one of those juicy IPAs right now. I know. The fact that it's just so good. Juicy. You know what that makes? Because it makes you thirsty. Yeah. So while we drink our juicy IPAs, it's time for the shitty week in Corona. Mm. Guess what, bitch? (laughs) Coronavirus. Coronavirus. Like Brandy said at the top of the show, we are living through the most transformational time in American history. Deadly pandemic be damned, socially conscious millennials, Gen Zers, Gen Xers, and even some woke baby boomers and seniors have taken to the streets in the longest series of sustained civil rights protests this country has seen in 50 years. 
Huge protests took place this past weekend in Paris, Seattle, Brooklyn, Manhattan, Los Angeles, Washington, D.C., Taiwan, Vermont, New Orleans, and so many more. There were peaceful protests in 1,000 cities across all 50 states. How fucking incredible is that? If you live in America, your state had a protest. And just when we'd normally get lazy slash distracted slash shut down and go back to burying our heads in the sands of Real Housewives and Drag Race All-Stars, another white cop kills another unarmed black man. And thankfully, the protests rage the fuck on. That's right. It's so on the nose and unbelievable that if I saw it happen on a Ryan Murphy show, I'd call him a hack. (laughs) Well, I call him a hack all the time anyway, but regardless. If Americans needed a sign that institutional racism, particularly in our justice system from the top down, is real and runs so fucking deep and powerful that it can and does override basic common sense (laughs) and (laughs) self-preservation, then here's your proof. Like, really? Right now, at this moment in history... White police officers thought it was justified to shoot a black guy in the back for sleeping in his car at Wendy's. I know it's it's on it's holiday. If you've been sleeping in your car or under a rock or living off the grid or you're in another country, maybe you haven't heard that on Friday night in Atlanta, a black guy fell asleep in his car while waiting in an obscenely long line for the drive through at Wendy's. Which, by the way, could happen to any of us. I mean, not for nothing. My brother got drunk and fell asleep with a lit cigarette and burned my family house down. Okay, so everyone's fine. <laughs> Shit happens. Don't write me a letter. Don't look it up. Don't try and fucking Google him and don't write him on out because he'll be pissed that I said it. Anyway, cars were honking at this guy and couldn't wake him up. So someone called the cops because apparently when it's 10 p.m. and you got a hankering for a square meat patty from a ginger with braids, getting out of line and finding a jack in the crack seems like too much of a hassle. Or maybe it was that type of parking lot where they were just legit blocked in. And at that point, you're fucked. Right. I mean, I hate mm. being blocked into a never ending drive through where there's no turning back. Mm-hmm. And it happens all the time now because of coronavirus. But I could be trapped on the bus in speed heading for the <laughs> fucking broken bridge. And I wouldn't call the police ever on anyone. I don't want police around in any scenario. Yeah. But regardless... We aren't sure if it was the people in line or the employees of the Wendy's or both who called the cops on this guy, but it's not their fault that it's fucking coronavirus. We can't go inside restaurants. No one knows anyway who they're supposed to call in an emergency or a non-emergency. Yeah. I've called 911 because a giant palm tree fell down in the middle of La Brea and was blocking traffic. Once I was way, way away from the tree. <laughs> if, but like if someone were seemed hurt or dead, yeah, who would you call? Ghostbusters. <laughs> Stupid. Um, well, clearly not 911. Not anymore. So I guess we're. I would have in the past, but yeah. I'm not calling them now. No. I'm never calling them again. No. So the cops showed up and eventually woke the guy up. His name is Rayshard Brooks. He was a normal, everyday 27 year old guy. He was calm, clearly exhausted, and so deliberately not cocky or confrontational. I mean, I couldn't have held it together like that. Like, I almost got in a physical fight with a meter mate two weeks ago. Literally. <laughs> Listen to the Patreon. It's all there. Literally. But rather than letting Rayshard call an Uber and just letting him go with a warning, they gave him a breathalyzer test and decided to arrest him. Right now, with everything going on, these two assholes decide to arrest a guy who fell asleep waiting an hour for a burger. Okay? I, I, I fall asleep. 
asleep in the drive-thru car wash. Do you know how loud those are? Ryan Seacrest fell asleep during the finale of American Idol. People thought he had a stroke. Shit's boring. People are tired. Okay? It's true. So after Rayshard, so after Rayshard Brooks talked to these assholes for 30 minutes, keeping ironclad control over his composure, being humble and nice and clearly doing everything he could to get out of that situation, not dead and not arrested. These dick fucks go ahead and arrest him anyway. At that point, he resists arrest. The cops try and taser him. He fights them off, grabs the taser and runs away. Now, here's where I go. Everyone should take a beat and really ask themselves, what would motivate someone to try and run? Maybe he was on probation. Maybe his next arrest meant life in prison. Maybe he was scared his wife would leave him or he'd lose his kids or he'd lose his job. Maybe he had other drugs in his system and thought, let me just get away and not get a drug test. And maybe I can fight this later and say I'm narcoleptic. <laughs> the guy has four kids. He has a whole life he's trying to protect and not lose mm -hmm. who knows why he ran personally i feel all of those things are valid yeah. and motivation enough to run also i'm sure he unfortunately assumed that no cop would be dumb enough to <laughs> fucking shoot him right now but that's how disgusting and dangerous and literally racist these cops are it was at this point that atlanta police officer garrett rolf fired three times at rayshard's back ultimately killing him garrett rolf <laughs> What is he? What is he? German? Ugh. Oh, the German cops in Atlanta. God. And by the way, let me just say that Garrett Rolf has been disciplined for use of force with a firearm in 2016. We won't get into it, but it does need to be said that the guy has. Um, oh, he should okay. go down to the grocery store, get a skewer and skewer himself on it because he's going to be <laughs> roasted and be dead. OK, goodbye, Garrett. Good riddance. Goodbye, go Garrett fuck off. Rolf. That's goodbye, right. Goodbye, Garrett Rolf. Now, you and your Nazi grandpa can go fuck <laughs> off. The bottom line is the current justice system and most of the people working in it are broken. Even the people who mean well, the climate of racist brutality met with enabling and ignoring has to be dismantled, period. With all due, and we mean that, we respectfully do not care if every single person currently working in law enforcement has to lose their job in order to restructure our justice system sorry not sorry you guys sorry not sorry when they create the the entirely new organization the new the division we don't know what it's going to call be. it the division julie and i are the having division. a problem with the branding law yes. enforcement yeah we want that to go it already feels it just feels so oppressive. We don't like, we don't want you enforcing, don't come over enforcing something. And especially in this country, we're so fucking religious and have such a moral fucking authority over everyone. I don't know why we need so much law enforcement. <laughs> like, yeah, so maybe the division, Mimao, what are you going to say about the division? What I want to say about the division is that. Maybe that's police. not inclusive. Oh. Okay, let's just edit. The rainbow cloud. How about... Um, the, what is helpful right something helpful like 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 a, a services assistant like almost like um um helpers yeah like um <laughs> like i don't want to say incident assistance hmm, that's interesting but that's interesting you know like um interesting like we got to work on the branding. Yeah, we got to work on the branding. Marketing, we got to work on the branding. We need to have police. So 
the reform needs to happen. Everyone needs to go. Then they need to restructure everything. And I'm talking about like prosecutors, DA, judges, because that whole shit needs to be fucking blown up too. Law and order. Private. They're combined. Right. Ding, ding. They're exactly. combined. And exactly. they're all, it's all, it's, it's all corrupt. Top down corrupt. It is corrupt. There should not be private prisons in this country. That should be absolutely uh, talk about against the law. That should not be a thing. Private prisons, you should not be able to make money on incarcerating a human being. It's ridiculous. So that's got to go. That's going to be outlawed. I th- Ooh. And the reason private prisons, and- the reason it's all in place and the reason it's all corrupt is the same reason that they would arrest Rayshard Brooks. Yes, because they're going to make money. They're going to make money on a DUI and they won't arrest a homeless person who's breaking 50,000 laws. It's like, yes, we need to get rid of the fucking dismantle everyone. Private prisons need to go. The the whole idea, the whole the whole perspective of putting people in jail, arresting people and punishment needs to be changed. No punishment. Yeah. Unless you've killed someone. Like those cops did, there is not a punishment to be had. You don't need to be punished. And the problem is that people are desperate. They're poor. They're, they don't have choices or opportunities. Or And if they're selling drugs or if they're doing whatever, that is a person who needs help. The, exactly. The drug laws need to change. The And in fact, the DUI laws need to change. I feel like it's the rich and powerful against the not. It's basically the rich against the not rich is right. where we're at right here. Yeah. I, you know what I want the cops to do? If you're, why are you arresting a guy in a Wendy's parking lot? You know where you need to be? You need to be at Enron arresting all of them. You need to be at the Catholic church arresting all of them. Go find somebody who's, go to the rich neighborhood, knock on a door Mm -hmm. and look at their fucking taxes. Find the people that are evading their taxes. Find somebody that's got a fucking cage in their basement with kidnapped people in it. Stop preying on people that don't have money and don't have power. Go drive around and arrest rich people. They are breaking laws. For a while, rich people need to be targeted. Go find rich people that are breaking every fucking law. Go find Jeffrey Epstein. He never fucking went to jail to the very end. Like, where were you on that? Yeah, there's 5 million Harvey Weinsteins. There's 5 million million Jeffrey Epsteins. There's 5 million Bill Cosbys. There's 5 million priests. There's 5 million. There's plenty of men to be fucking arrested. There's 5 million Martha Stewart's and you threw her in jail. And she find the Wall Street fucking liars. Enron, they didn't go to jail. They didn't no. go to jail. What about the entire... Michael Flynn didn't even go to jail. No, exactly. So... Go find the fucking fuck rich people. Off. <laughs> fuck off. Fuck off. Fuck off. And yeah, <laughs> and if I want to yell at you, fuck off, it is my right to do so. You are not God. And that's the other thing too, police. One. You aren't God. I can yell at you. I can fucking call you names. I. That is my right to do. People are protesting. If you want to be a... You're a white guy holding a fucking... Um, shotgun and 10 guns and your fucking confederate flag and you're mad that I'm saying fuck you to you fuck you I have the right okay police are not that um, that's the very first if nothing else if nothing else changes the very first thing across the entire country that needs to change is they need if they kill someone they go through the it, it, I don't care if it's in the line, line of duty. They go through the exact same process right. we go through. We have felt endangered by someone. Right. Do we get to pull? No, we have to be like, oh, I can't kill someone right now. <laughs> right. I literally can't right. kill someone. No matter right. what danger. People have shot someone running away from their property. Right. Running away from their property after they've been robbed. Right. And gotten fucking sued yeah. and gone to jail. Yeah, yeah. We can't even shoot someone in the back running away from no. our fucking house. And it's like. If you got raped, you can't shoot your rapist after he runs away. 
So they they no. need to go through this. They have to have the same fear about shooting someone and killing someone that we all live with. They need to fucking see people as people and they need to see themselves as people and that we're actually equal. You need to be able to have reason and logic and people who are chosen to be police officers, I don't think have that for the most or part. Or they lose it once they get in there. Or they but lose it. The system it. is corrupt. It's like it's like what happened with Pete Buttigieg, who can fuck off. Right. Where, you know, that police chief right. heard exactly. his officers right. on tape calling him the the n-word using the n-word in general mm -hmm. then he continued to re record them right their other conversations he has them on tape saying that over and over and over and over and what does pete buddha judge do he fires the police chief because because recording someone without their consent is illegal and he keeps those guys as cops you're canceled, Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> Here's a fucking newsflash. You're canceled, Pete Buttigieg, and you should have been canceled before. <laughs> the rage. This is why we can't go out and protest. <laughs> For those of you who don't listen to our inter interviews, and I know some of you are out there, I highly, highly recommend that you stay around for this one mm -hmm. because now it's time for us to get up close and personal with someone who is running for office in our segment called Candid Candidates. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't got you slipping up. Look how I'm living up. Police be tripping up. Yeah, this is America. Guns in my area. I got the strap. I gotta carry them. Okay, this is the part of the show where we get candid with a candidate who is running for office in an upcoming election. We hope to do this many more times before November, but at this moment right now, there isn't a candidate alive that is a better fit for this segment, and we are so grateful for the opportunity to talk to him. That's right. If you are one of our regular 14 listeners, then you already know how obsessed we are with the Kentucky Senate race. On one hand, we've got stupid fucking Rand Paul holding up the anti-lynching bill. And on the other hand, we got Mitch McConnell holding up everything. everything. Literally everything. From voter suppression to workplace discrimination, if the bill helps empower the powerless, Mitch McConnell keeps it off the Senate floor. He's the silent enemy of every working class person in this country. We discovered our hatred for Mitch McConnell in 2018. The way we discover everything else. Google. And since then, we've made it the mission of this podcast to get the power out of his hands people may not realize it but it's mitch mcconnell's world and donald trump's just living in it but the good news is that both of those morally bankrupt sacks of shit can be voted out in november and it all starts this week in kentucky if you live in kentucky have family in kentucky know a single soul in kentucky then pay attention the last day to vote in the primary is next Tuesday, June 23rd. But early voting has already started in some parts of the state. So you can literally go right now and vote. But don't go right now. Listen to this interview first because this man is the Senate candidate that you want to vote for. He's already been fighting the good fight as the youngest 
black man in the Kentucky legislature, but we need him in Washington. The country needs him in Washington. Kentucky has hoarded him long <laughs> enough. He cemented his permanent place in American government when a video of him yelling My Life Matters too last year on the Kentucky House floor resurfaced last week in the midst of all the protests and immediately went viral. If you haven't heard it yet, here it is and you're welcome. Listen, I stood up probably for the first time in the state's history, gave a monologue about what it would mean to be shot as a black man. Talked about Senate Bill 150. Talked about lynchings. Told you how my family was lynched. How some want to compare that to abortion. What a roller coaster I've been on this session. I've laid all my stories out for you. I explained to you how these types of laws like 150 would kill people. And the same folks that want to have the the audacity to vote yes now voted for that legislation. Gentlemen, I apologize. My life matters too, Your Speaker. Three minutes is up. My life matters too, Speaker. You are out of order. My Your three minutes are up. He will definitely be the president one day, but first he's got to beat Amy McGrath in the Kentucky primary this week to become the Democratic nominee for Senate and then beat Mitch McConnell in November. Everybody who is paying attention wants this guy. He not only has endorsements from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie Sanders, he's also been endorsed by the two biggest newspapers in Kentucky, but the challenge is reaching the people who aren't paying attention, and that's where you guys come in. So get ready to dust off that old Facebook messenger and start campaigning because this guy is going to give you the major hope feels. So without further ado, we're so honored to have the opportunity to get candid with Kentucky's best Senate candidate, Charles Booker. Hi, Hi, Charles. Hey, thank you all for having me. First of all, wait a minute. That was the best <laughs> intro that I, I have ever heard. Do you want to hire thank us God. for your campaign? Actually, we'll just do it for free. Yeah, right. We really want to come after you win on Tuesday. We want to come to Kentucky mm -hmm. and campaign for you. We want to stand at malls. Oh, yeah. I feel, I feel the love. And yes, we win this primary you all are coming down. Let's make some noise together. <laughs> yeah. So right off the bat, we got to talk about that video. It's clearly going down as one of the most historically relevant moments ever in American politics. Can you please put it into context for it? Like, what was the what was Bill 150? What was going on in the room? Just yeah. everything about it. Um, That was it was a very powerful moment and that. I was actually speaking out against an abortion bill. Um. The bill was to essentially permanently ban all abortion. Um, a Republican colleague of mine got up to propose an amendment that would consider the life of the mother. That amendment was shot down. And all of this happened right after they passed the bill, Senate Bill 150, that was for permanentless concealed carry, which would essentially say that, you know, you don't need to be trained. Don't worry about a license. Don't oh worry about God. getting sort of certification, which I explained as a young black man, I'm already seen as a deadly weapon. Mm. Now you're essentially giving law enforcement an additional green light to say, don't even worry about asking because they won't even have it. You can blow them away and you will be justified. And so I got up and actually acted out another very um, critical moment that I'm going to tell my grandchildren about. Um, I acted out a scene of what it would be like as a black man to be shot by police. Mm. Um, and so, you know, when I was speaking in that moment, you know, there were a lot of folks that got up to talk about how we need to ban abortion. 
And, um, you know, they were leaning into their faith. And both my parents are ministers. Uh, I come from a Pentecostal background. Um, my mm-hmm. faith is critical to me. But my faith teaches me to honor the humanity of all people. And it inspires me to know that we cannot be talking about women's health and the agency of women as if they don't exist and if, as if they're not in, in the picture. And, you know, so I've always been a loud voice to say that, no, we need to protect the rights of women and honor their voices and get out of their, their way and quit trying to uh, put ourselves in shoes that we could never feel. Um, and so my remarks were just explaining that if you want to say that you're protecting life by banning abortion, then mean what you're saying and quit showing the hypocrisy in your in your in your position because you just passed legislation that would kill people that look like me. Mm-hmm. And so I started shouting out my life matters, too. And, and I wasn't even really saying that for me. I was thinking about so many Kentuckians that feel invisible, that feel like nobody cares about them. Their politicians, elected officials could care less of whether they live or die, whether they have food on their table or, or they're homeless. And I just shouted it out. And then the speaker cut my mic off. And I'm like, you know what? I don't care about the mic. My life matters, too. So I just kept yelling it. And um, it's so relevant to this moment. Yeah, yeah. It's chilling. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it is chilling. I had no idea that was about permitless concealing carry. Did you? Wow. Uh, no. And it's crazy. Just Sorry. everything you're saying, too. And I love, you know, the fact that you're coming from a Pentecostal background for people. Do you r- r- like come across people of faith where you're coming from such a different position than they are? People who use the Bible in a way that just seems to take away rights. take away rights rather yeah. than give and and so i can just tell you i appreciate that you are coming from that position and i and i hope that people can just hear that message it's so important especially coming from somebody who you know is a person of faith yeah you know yeah yeah we we exist and right, you know right, I, right. I, <laughs> and we just we just need more leaders that can speak speak with moral clarity and we and do push back absolutely on all these, yeah let's talk about kentucky is there a history of police violence and brutality there? And if so, is is this moment going to be enough to, like, move the needle this time? Um, yes, there is a history. Um, and that is an understatement. Um, Louisville has been one of the most segregated cities in the country. Mm-hmm. And um, so I live in the West End. That's where I'm, I'm, I'm connecting with you from. When you all come down here, I'll show you around. <laughs> and, you know, this is... The zip code I'm in right now, it has been the poorest zip code in Kentucky for Mm -hmm. years. And, you know, we criminalize poverty in our country. We certainly do it here. And uh, especially when it comes to um, incarceration rates with women, we have one of the highest on the planet. Oh, my Um, God. Oh, my God. And and there is a lot of there's a lot of tension um, in our community. There is a whole lot of mistrust. And there have been so many cases of brutality. you know, involved with our law enforcement that, you know, we've just come to expect it. And so I, I knew Breonna Taylor. Um, she was close friends uh, to my cousin TJ, who was murdered on Easter Sunday four years ago. Oh and um, wow. TJ, TJ was a part of what was called the Misidentified Four. These were four young black men who were profiled and arrested for an um, incident that they had nothing to do with. He was leaving his job. There was a big incident at our waterfront park. Some young people were causing a disturbance. 
all the uh, the wealthy folks were alarmed. The mayor wanted to respond, so they found four black males uh, to make the culprit mm. and put them in jail. My cousin had no money for bail, so he had to stay in jail. He could not graduate, lost his job. They ended up confirming that, in fact, he was never there, and they got a big settlement from the city. Wow. And um, and he was murdered in the car that he bought with his settlement check. Oh, my God. And 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 he and Brianna were, were really tight. And so, you know, all of this, why you're seeing us, like, born in the streets and cry out in the streets is because, like, we're just so exhausted. Mm-hmm so exhausted by this and we just want things to change and i do believe that because of what happened to brianna and the way that it happened i think it's triggered something and i think you know george floyd and what we're seeing across the country now i think people are are seeing it in a different way and i believe it's in part because of this pandemic that is sort of forcing people to slow down and look around and 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 their sense of comfort and confidence and security have, in a lot of ways has been taken away because a lot of folks have lost their jobs, they're losing their businesses, and now they're they're sort of looking around like, what do we do? And and then they see the brutality. Um, and, and my hope is that, you know, we can honor the life of Breonna Taylor and Mr. McAtee and everybody that's becoming a, a damn hashtag uh, by demanding real justice and accountability. And, and one last thing I'll say on it is that Brianna Taylor was killed in her home, um, in her sanctuary, you know, the place where you should feel safe, the place where you should feel comfortable and at peace in your home. Her door was kicked in in the dead of night. She was murdered. And when her partner got up to defend her using stand your ground, which is problematic legislation, but if you look like I do or come from where I come from, you may not have ground to stand on. Was I trying to I stand his ground. It's fine for George Zimmerman. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And so, and they never even knew that law enforcement were the ones that were shooting at them. And I think that triggered a whole lot of people across Kentucky that are, you know, about freedom and liberty and protecting their rights. And they're like, well, wait a minute, what what happened here? Yeah. This ain't right. So I, I, I just hope we lean into this moment to come together and, and fight for real change. Why is Kentucky like one of the poorest states in the union? Is that Mitch McConnell's fault? Is it like it does it be is it because of minimum wage? Is it because of unemployment? Do they not get federal aid? I mean, we're dumb. Like we don't necessarily know how the states get money or. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, so first of all, Mitch McConnell is laughing to the bank. Um, he he is absolutely profiting off of our poverty and our pain. You know, the, a lot of a lot of what happened happened with Kentucky is as industries have declined and our economy as a country has evolved and changed um, places like Kentucky have really been left behind um, you know I'm the, the reason that unemployment is so high and has been around 30 percent for years in um, the neighborhood I'm, I'm living in is because industries left like those jobs are gone and, and nothing came in return and like in parts of eastern Kentucky where the fossil fuel industry is declining Coal jobs are damn they're gone and you know we've just been abandoned and we have someone in the senate who is using that to his benefit mm. so you know he he's blocking health care he's blocking investment in people he's blocking uh the types of reforms that will keep our communities safe he's working against organized labor he's making sure that wages stay low 
because Kentucky's been one of the most disenfranchised states. And so if you have a state of people that don't have a voice and then you keep them broke and you make sure the education system is underfunded and crumbling, then it's easy for you to continue to hoard power. He's, he's manipulated us. And, you know, now it's, it's just one of those moments where we cannot let that continue on because we're dying. We're, we're dying, and so that's why I'm taking this fight, and we're going to get his ass out of there. <laughs> okay, so what 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 can be done? Like, in, in tangible terms, is it, like, something as mercenary as, like, okay, give incentives to, like, disgusting Amazon warehouses and, <laughs> what like, jobs, like, how to create an oh, industry. Oh, like, Green New Deal jobs yeah. and things. You want yeah. manufacturing to come to Kentucky. You want somehow, if Mitch was out of the way you could then potentially have an open pathway to, hey, companies, come and bid in our areas. Come and build It's got to be beautiful. Yeah. Kind of, you know, it's got to be aspirational just as far as, like, the, the, the heartland. Like the land, yeah. Yeah. Yes. It is beautiful in Kentucky. I, this is one of the greatest places on the planet. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you have the whole spectrum of experiences here from the mountains. I mean, we, we have beautiful beaches around our lakes. Um, I mean, this is just an incredible place. I was a director of Fish and Wildlife, um, which I'd love to tell you all about at some point. But yeah. Don't get Julie travel. started. Yeah. She's a lesbian, and she'll talk about animals. We don't have yeah. the time, Charles. So, we just don't have the time. I could talk about every so, species, so you know. every species, every single thing. Don't get me started on hunting either. So, okay. well, you got to come down here so we can we can enjoy this together. So, I mean, it's, a, it's, an, it's an incredible place, and you know, one of the things we have to do is that we got to prioritize people and invest in people because so many industries have left. Um, so many resources have been just zapped away and washed away. And our infrastructure is so, so terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, our, our internet is crap. Wow. Um, like, we we need so much investment in our roadways. Like, a lot of our bridges are crumbling. And, and that is why, you know, I'm leaning into these these bold policies to cast a vision for the future, like a Green New Deal, which I'm calling it a Kentucky New Deal. Like, we need to lead on the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, having su- sustainable industries where we can have more good-paying jobs. Yep. We can make sure that our, our water is clean. Yep. You know, imagine that. I mean, it's Mitch can... McConnell's wife who does the infrastructure. <laughs> it's <I'm>... his wife. <laughs> it, is so, it is remarkable to, to, to know that he has so much power and is so weak. Yeah, um, it, it is. It's just mind-boggling. But, but that's another reason why I support universal basic income too. Um, I mean, we need to raise wages. We yep. do. We need to support uh, organized labor. We need to do those things. But we need to make sure we're giving people yeah. The financial did you freedom did you like Andrew Yang? Were you like you yeah. mean like that type of? That's what he was doing, right? The Freedom Dividend wasn't it originally called Universal Basic Income? I thought. Huh? Yeah, yeah, he was he was building on UBI, and I I've spoken with him, and I was I really I appreciate that he helped to elevate this conversation. This is actually something I've been pushing for for years. So like Dr. King spoke about a guaranteed yeah. annual income, and you we know love our, our, yeah. we love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, and so we need to do things like that, and we can you know send blank checks to. Uh, for military industrial complex, um, we can give the big pharmaceutical industry um, hand over fist money going into administrative costs and uh, lack of transparency instead of into better care. We can make sure that we're investing in people. I don't want to hear any excuses about it, and Kentuckians don't want to hear any more excuses. So 
that's why we're going to win this race. Because we're coming now. We we realize what our power is, and we're understanding. And I, I, I have a phrase that I've been saying, from the hood to the holler. Like, we're, we're realizing our common bonds, and we're standing yeah. together. And we're going to win this fight. You know, you must know that Mitch McConnell has the lowest approval rating of every okay. single senator. And we know, and, and that's even after Rand Paul, who we know is <laughs> doo-doo. Why Why does he keep getting elected for good, good how question. many years has this guy been a, a yeah. senator? 30 yeah. years? Yeah. He's, he's been elected. He was elected two weeks after I was born. Oh, so my God. Why are they voting yeah. for him? Just because it says incumbent next to his name or? Yeah, I mean, well, you know, there's an issue with turnout. And, and like I was saying, with Kentucky being one of the most disenfranchised states, it's hard to vote here. Mm. Like, and a lot of people have just given up. You know, they're too busy trying to survive. And like, well, you know, these politicians don't care about us anyway. And he's been there. Nothing's going to change. So I'm going to just keep surviving. And that's why I'm saying that you can't beat someone like Mitch McConnell, who is an institution, by just throwing money at him or saying that you're going to be a pro-Trump Democrat. Like, you, you can't beat him that way. And we have to inspire people to believe things can be different. we got to lift up the voices of folks who have tapped out yeah. and have just thrown their hands up. we got to wrap our arms around them and say, no, nah, you matter too much. Let's lean in. You know, this is time for your voice to be accounted for. we got to do that work. Uh, the work that community organizers fight to do all the time. And, I, and I'm an organizer at heart. So I know this is how change can happen. And um, that's really why we're, we're building a movement to win this primary. Because you got to know, I'm running against uh, Amy McGrath in the primary, who is essentially using the Mitch McConnell playbook. I mean, you know, having big money, dancing around, avoiding issues, uh, not lifting up the voices of Kentuckians, just trying to drown out opponents. That's what Mitch McConnell does. And we're tired of that BS. Like, we, we can't afford it. And so uh, that's why you're seeing so much of, you know, the Herald Leader, Cure Journal, like you mentioned, labor leaders, uh, the House Democratic leadership, all of the leadership, uh, folks that you would not expect to go against the big money candidate, mm -hmm. know that we can't play that game anymore. And I'm so proud to know that we are going to win this race in eight days. <laughs> what have you been doing? Have you been doing like the Beto O'Rourke, like every single county move? Or have you been focusing on certain areas, like disenfranchised areas, where you got to convince people that they're going to have to wait in line, go 40 miles to go to their voting place? Yeah, we got to do, we have to do all of that. I mean, we just, we, they, I voted against it. They just passed uh, voter ID yeah. legislation. We heard. So that you're right. Insane. Yeah, we, we're going to have our work cut out. But I mean, this is really the only way you can take it on. I yeah. mean, we have a lot of momentum behind us. Folks are really fired up. There are a lot of people that voted for Trump that are, are helping. Like wow. they're, they're, they're excited to help my candidacy. And I'm not running away from my identity or the things I believe in at all. I'm just listening to them and, you know, peeling the politics back. And I'm like, look, you may not agree with me on everything, but you know I'm going to fight for you. Because you've seen me stand on the front lines. And let's get this clown out of there. And they're like, you know what, let's do it. So I, I, it's going to be hard. I, I make no mistake. But this is the fight we're fighting, and we are ready to win. Well, let's talk to the people just quickly, to those who who thought they were going to vote for Amy McGrath or are thinking and they don't know between the two of you or whatever. What are the biggest differences between the two of you? I've lived the struggle. Like, this is not something consultants are coaching me on. I'm not talking about these issues because I, I read them in a paper. I'm leaning into what I know. 
and I've you I've put it to work. I'm the only elected official that's in this primary that's actually had to pass legislation in the face of my own mini Donald Trump, which Matt Bevin was exactly that. And and I've stood on the front line. I mean, even during these protests and, and it's much more in protest now. Like people are rising up. Yeah. Like we're, we're not going back. But I stood on the front lines and I was hit with tear gas myself. My, mm-hmm. A lot of my campaign staff was helping to pour milk on people to wash their eyes out. I'm standing on the front lines and my opponent is sending out tweets and, and giving excuses. And so I think the people of Kentucky know we have a real choice here and they're standing with someone who's been standing for them. And that's why I'm asking everyone to give them a look at us. Um, folks wanted to write our primary off and say that there was no choice for Kentucky, but we do have a choice now and we're standing for our future. And I'm asking you all to stand with us. Mm-hmm. What can our listeners do there's 14 of them, but that's <laughs> what can they do to help you today? Like, first of all, Kentucky is somewhere that is easily drivable from all like t- other places. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Is driving there? Is it just donating? What can our listeners do? Like we, people will really we are, help you. Oh, you can you can help from your couch. And yeah, and if, if you want to come, we will receive you with open arms uh, six feet apart. Uh, <laughs> but but yes, we're you know, we're masking and gloving it up and helping to pass out information. Uh, We're doing a lot of texting, phone banking, Mm -hmm. virtual events. People are digitally digitally canvassing. Uh, We have apps that can help with that. So if you want to help wherever you are, it's way more than 14. You can go to (laughs) bookerforkentucky.com and get connected with us. This is the movement to win. I would like to know before we let you go, what is the the main thing that, that Kentucky residents care about is it like what's the most pressing issue right now let's say the number one on the list of the many yeah 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 the list is long Um, but that is why when people ask me why am i running for senate like i'm i'm not merely running to beat mitch mcconnell we we got to beat him because he's in the way the big issue is that poverty is generational like so many places have been just absolutely abandoned and so the lack of access to good paying jobs and healthcare. I mean, those are like really two of the biggest things. Um, and the reason why we talk about our pension so much is because for a lot of folks, like that's all they have. Mm. Um, you know, and so getting to the heart of structural inequity and structural racism, which is really what we're talking about, is so central. And, you know, when I go to Washington, that's why I'm a big supporter of Medicare for All. That that is why I support a Green New Deal. That's that's why I'm pushing for meaningful criminal justice reform and, and legalization like we we got to break barriers down and we got to do it yesterday and um i'm ready to get up there and make a whole lot of noise what about taxing like the uber rich or the huge corporations what are your thoughts oh, on yeah. that? we well i definitely support uh idea of a wealth tax uh, i mean we need to close the loopholes that allow folks like jeff bezos to be on a path to be a trillionaire the hell right. is that uh, when folks are trying to put food on their table, mm-hmm. um, you know, our, and our tax structure is it predates the civil rights movement here in Kentucky. It's like it's super regressive. We're already struggling and we need meaningful reform. And I've been fighting for that at the state level. But we, we need folks in Washington that will stand up to these big industries and say, no, you're not going to keep looting regular people. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, we, we need it. And, and I'm, I'm proud to fight for it because we're. People ask, how do you pay for Medicare for all? How do you pay for these things? We're already paying for it. Mm-hmm. We just need to reprioritize what our focus is. And, and that's what we're going to do now. Yeah, let's make some rich people pay for it, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how I'm we saying, can do it. You know, 
Exactly. Thank you so much yeah. for doing our stupid podcast. We really, <laughs> really, truly are honored to talk to you. And we hope that you'll come on after you win the nomination on Tuesday. <laughs> and we can yep. talk about the next phase of our campaign with That's you right. when right. we come to Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I look forward to seeing y'all. And yes, we, it's a day. We're going to make it happen. <laughs> tell, tell our listeners again. Um, any of your social media, they will blast you on social media and retweet you and everything else and, and how to wear your campaign, how to donate, all of it. Yes, yes. All of my social media handles are Booker, the number four, KY. Um, you'll see a dance video occasionally with my daughters. One's coming <laughs> soon. And then, and then my website again is Booker, F-O-R, Kentucky, spelled out, dot com. Okay. Thank you, Thank you so, so much. much. We will be in touch again. Don't worry. <laughs> All right, thank y'all both. All right, good luck. Now it's time for So There's That. All right, so this is the part of the show where Julie has to find a So There's That moment that's happening because of or in spite of the corona crazy culture war that's going on right now. She's done it pretty much every week for Trump's entire presidency. So if you're counting, that's over 150 silver linings. Wow. That's not easy. She told us she's told us about everything from Greta Thunberg's <laughs> carbon neutral crossing of the Atlantic <laughs> to Miyoko's creamery saving dairy cows with vegan cheese (laughs) she spends hours trying to find these stories even the lame ones and the irony (laughs) is it's the fucking lame ones where you know she spent the most hours scouring the internet before just finally having to give up and go with some bullshit (laughs) last week i offered her the chance to retire it for good being that these daily Black Lives Matter protests are the biggest and best living, breathing, so there's that, that any of us could ever, ever hope for. But she's such a mensch that she turned (laughs) me down and will continue to do her unpaid job of giving us a little hope at the end of each of these shitty episodes. (laughs) So tell us, Meow Meow, what do you have for us this week? Well, surprise. We're retiring it today. (laughs) Just kidding. Well, you know, it really is an impossible task. I thank you for seeing me. It certainly feels like no matter how hard you scream and yell or how softly and strongly you can stand on history and fact, people just never fucking learn. There's a million lessons in life. And if you've learned anything, it's don't stay on Twitter longer than 60 seconds or you'll get sucked into a toxic minefield that will blow off your arms and legs and make it so all you want to do is bitch slap anyone involved with anything that remotely sounds like schmapo schmap house. (laughs) (laughs) The political war zone of voting is riddled with bombs and snipers and hackers and trolls who are infiltrating every section of our society. Social media, as we know, however, is a literal battlefield. And the second you're on there, you're taking your chances with hidden enemies, foreign and domestic, I already love this. So there's that. (laughs) I love it so much. Do that last. Say that last part to me again. (laughs) The political war zone of voting is riddled with bombs and snipers and hackers and trolls who are infiltrating every section of our society. Social media, as we know, however, is a literal battlefield. And the second you're on there, you're taking your chances with hidden enemies, foreign and domestic. Ooh. with that said, one of the major things that people are fighting about right now is voting. 
not just voter suppression and the absolute farce that Trump and the GOP are perpetrating by acting like they don't know they're intentionally making it harder for people to vote, particularly minorities and people who live in poorer areas, but so many Americans believe their vote doesn't matter. Or since their candidate isn't running, they won't even vote. Or they'll write in Neil Diamond or Homer Simpson or continue to campaign for Bernie Sanders. Schmapo schmapos. <laughs> no offense. No offense. As we've been watching the country burn at the stake, something miraculous has happened and it remains to be seen if the numbers are real or if this is even true. But I have to admit, it did make me feel a tinge of excitement that we could possibly be getting rid of Trump in 2021. In a recent CNN article, they say the following. Voter registration grows amid ongoing protests. Yes, bitch. Who said it? CNN. Wow. One of the very, 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 very productive things that has come out of the never-ending protests, which is hordes of people being out in the streets, is that organizations committed to voting registration has been right out there alongside the people. Oh, genius. And have been signing motherfuckers up. This is good. Now... I could be wrong, but I'm quite sure anyone who is holding a sign that says Black Lives Matters isn't being recruited by the Republican Party or is looking for another four years of Trump and his legion of doom who want us all to believe that a 75-year-old man knocked down by police is a domestic terrorist by a group that also apparently is being hijacked by white supremacists pretending to be that group inciting violence at the current rallies and protest sites. <laughs> if Ugh. anybody understood that, they should go to MIT. <laughs> An elderly man came up too close to a policeman and and fine, he was yelling or being annoying. So we pushed him down because we were afraid he would annoy us to death with his breath and his yelling. What else could we do but leave him bleeding from the head on the ground? That's what those terrorists do. If being annoying and old is considered a terrorist group, then I'm a terrorist too. Anyway, here's the good news. At one rally in New York, 400 voters registered. Rock the Vote, the MTV-inspired voter organization group, got 80,000 new registrations online. Arizona and Texas, 20,000 new voters. Vote Latino just clocked in at 50,846 new voters, and 42,000 of those alone are from Texas. Yes! There's several... Yes, watch Texas Swing. I mean, I've been having, like, daydream, yep. night dreams about Texas going... Going blue, baby. There's several different organizations on the ground and online, and you can, if you're not registered to vote, can go on and do so. You can also volunteer, donate, whatever. In addition to Rock the Vote, there's When We All Vote, Vote.org, and TurboVote. Ultimately, and we will keep saying it, the only way change is made is to make the change. You have to vote Democrat, period. You have to vote in your state and local elections, and the change starts at the bottom and flows up to the top. Vote for your reps, senators, city council, prosecutors, judges. We have to do our homework, and it's time to take the time. If you don't want to just vote Democrat down the ballot, and you want to pick through and do your research, then do it. Ugh, don't do that. Just go but to if you're stupid <laughs> DNC. Like, go to the website, and they give you the list, and you just write it down. Or do that. Or you can look at the ballot and just choose from, like, the women. Or oh, that's what we do. We always or a like, name you know I mean, isn't white. Yeah, we always get what we always do yeah. every time. Right. We go, is there a girl? <laughs> we go to the Democrats. We go, is there a girl there? Yep. And we look for the girl. And then after that, we go we try and see if we can tell if somebody's like, <laughs> yeah, you not, know, not like white. A person of color <laughs> exactly. in any capacity. That's right. I really feel this is such a good and positive step forward. And the awakening of people certainly to the terror of the system we've put in place, which needs to be dismantled. Also men, <laughs> but the awakening to the real and urgent need for every citizen to vote and understandably and understand this when only half the country votes, it won't really matter. And that is 
of justification for you feeling that your vote won't matter because the electoral college will take over like they did in 2016. But if the numbers are too many to ignore and it's not a tidal wave, it's an earthquake and a tsunami and a pandemic, it will happen. The numbers need to be like a pandemic, just like coronavirus. We need to be airborne and mouth droplets and so contagious that there's no way to deny it. And I hope the numbers keep rising so the real virus can be removed from the White House all the way down to the courthouse. So there's that. So that's it for this episode of Dumb Gay Pandemic Politics. Thank you guys for listening. We love you all so much. And we are so grateful for all 14 of you, especially now. Please consider joining our Patreon podcast if you haven't yet. It's $1 for one podcast a week and $2 for two podcasts a week. They're both an hour and they can definitely be hit or miss as far as content. (laughs) But there's no ads and there's no politics. And if nothing else... You'll be distracted from your own life thinking how annoying and insufferable and tone deaf we are. (laughs) Exactly. So right now it's important that we all spend part of every day plugged in and paying attention and contributing to this moment in whatever way that means for you. But if you start to feel hopeless or frustrated or overwhelmed, remind yourself that it's okay to disconnect and do something mindless. And there's nothing more mindless than our Patreon podcast. So if you want to try it out, go to patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics and scroll down to the episode from September 11th, which is unlocked and free to listen to. And as always, it's been real and it's been fun. But mostly it's been gay and it's been dumb. And Charles Booker! Vote! Vote! Go to Kentucky, Carrie Transu. Transu! How'd you do, I? See, you've met my faithful handyman. He's just a little broad dime because when you knocked, he thought you were the candy man. Don't get strung up by the way I look. Don't judge a book by its cover I'm not much of a man by the light of day But by night I'm one hell of a lover I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania Let me show you a rhyme, maybe Play you a sign. You look like you're both pretty groovy. Or if you want something visual that's not too abysmal, we could take in an old Steve Reeves movie. I'm glad we caught you at home. Could we use your phone? We're both in a bit of a hurry. Right. We'll just say where we are, then go back to the car. We don't want to be any worry. Well, you got caught with a flat world. How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, it'll all seem all right. I'll get you a satanic mechanic. I'm just a sweet transvestite. From transsexual. 
show you my favorite obsession I've been making a man with blonde hair and a tan and he's good for relieving my tension I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania <laughs> hey, hey, I'm just a sweet transvestite Transsexual Transylvania <laughs> So, come up to the lab And see what's on the slab I see you shiver with anticipation But maybe the rain is really to blame So I'll remove the cause <laughs> But not the symptom <laughs> 